We're recording. Look, it's the sweet baby boomer. boomer. Sweet little angel. Yeah. Chill, chill bro. Chill. Chill, bro. Come chill. On. Baby, baby. Yeah. Boomer. I figured we could start off by showing everybody boomer because yes, he doesn't really want to be here on camera that much. Do you, my sweet baby? It boomer. has been so long since we. Oh, there is my headphone. It's been so long since we've gotten any good boomer content. Yeah, I don't have headphones. I don't know where they went. My sweet little angel. Baby boomer. Hi. And welcome Hello. to another episode of Too Scared to Sleep. The boys are back. The boys are back. You want to go? All right. Knock Goodbye, yourself Boomer. Up. Thanks for stopping Bastard. in. Anyway, we're back. Oh, thank we're God. We're fucking back. I know. It has you, been so much. It has. All the time. Dylan has tattooed me. I don't know if anybody can see this a little bit. <gasps> Give him the Superman reveal. Oh, my God. Yeah. A little bit. Dude. I was like, we need a, I need another tattoo, and I kind of showed him what I wanted, and he wrote, he he drew it up, and I went to the parlor, and he's like, I've put it in four different sizes, and the first one was huge. It's like this big. That's, yeah, that's pretty big. And I, I was mean, like, it goes it's like, gangster. Yeah. And I was like, let's do the let's do the biggest size we can. Fuck yeah. But it's all the way up to here. I don't know if you can see this. It kind of peeks out a little bit, and I think it's cool. They everybody's gonna think that you're real cool. Insomniacs, if you've never had a tattoo this high on your body, don't. Because yeah, that this shit, shit sucks. This shit hurts. It hurts. Like the first time, he, I went in three times to get it done. And the first time, because of the way the nerve endings uh, worked, as he was doing the line work, it made my chin itch. But the second and third time, it just fucking hurt. It's not, yeah. it not fun. But he sat very well. Props to Jake. I'm not even going to make fun of you. You actually sit really well. I know. I'm proud of you. Probably because I walk around with a, pair, with a, with a 12-inch titanium bracer in my leg and that's and, fair and the way i tell people uh, you know people say does it hurt and i was like yeah well, it doesn't hurt all the time it hurts when i walk um it hurts when i'm not walking it hurts when i straighten my leg it hurts when i bend my leg it hurts when i fold my leg it hurts when i have my leg out straight it hurts all the time yeah so yeah obviously that there's that it doesn't hurt all the time sometimes you're sleeping that's true um how have you been stressed man mm -hmm. so i have been working at the shop for over a year now i know um tattooing for over a year now because mm -hmm. i had a, a couple months in the beginning where i wasn't mm -hmm. <clears throat> um but it's been going really good i have finally quit earthbound um which was sad because i love the people that work there i still hang out with them pretty frequently yeah you do um but i just i needed i needed the day so we're recording this on my day off i have a i have i have a day off a one day off i now. know that's um, all he's got. But I've been I've been doing some pretty cool shit recently. I've tattooed you. Yours is one of the ones that's like helping me progress further. Um, I've got a couple others that are coming up that are going to be working. Did I did I fucking show you the the crow piece? Yes. Somebody's doing it this Thursday. My body is a canvas, and and he's he's training on me. He <laughs> well, really is. Yeah. Kind of. It's kind of creepy. But I mean, it it's is. getting better. But it's fun, and I'm I'm learning a lot. I'm starting to make a little bit of extra money, which is nice because I cannot wait. To fucking have my own place. I'm not going to do like a full reveal, but I will post a photo on our Instagram of showing. I've got yeah, I've got the everybody. good ones on the camera, yeah. my camera at the shop. I can so send them creepy. to you. First of all, having Dylan tattoo me, he has he has wiped down my man boobs an inappropriate amount of in, times. Inappropriate and uncomfortable other amount situation. of times. He has just been all over my top business. Yeah, the physical connections that we have had. My upstairs mix-up, he has been all up in it. Yeah, In an uncomfortable level. If you had told me when we started this podcast that I would touch your tits that much, 
I would have probably walked away. That's true. That's true. If we had been able to say, if 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 2022 Jake had been able to go back to 2017 Dylan and say, one day you will touch my tits. I would probably have called the cops. You would have called the cops. Um, the other thing I was going to mention about that is the last time we went, he was like, all right, let me, t- let me take some photos. And so he takes me to the back room. I know this sounds creepy, right? He takes me to the back room where they have like they actually take photos of tattoos there. It's not yeah, just so a I thing. I set up the photo area actually. It's like um, a photo library, but he turned yeah. off the lights and he turned on one of the ring lights and he's like click and all I hear is click and all I hear is click and then he says, All right, now take off your pants. I did not And then I look and he doesn't have his pants on either. I'm like, Wow. No, no, this took a that's turn. It's like for legal Dylan, reasons, no. I already paid you for this tattoo. Oh my god. Ugh. I paid you with cash, Dylan. Ugh. I'm not paying you with skin. That okay? Well, that was almost no, a good I'm story. Kidding. I'm kidding. We saw your dad. Yes, my that dad came. I tattooed bastard. my dad. Fucking skinny asshole, putting all of us to shame. I know. Love that guy, skinny bitch. Yeah, but eat some more fries so that the rest of us feel a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah, make me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Anyway. I got LASIK last week, which was fucking mm. awesome. Hell yeah, you did. I love this story. I'm going to tell this story. Um, so the I, I got a new job where I go to work. Um, you know, we have, we have an office, and so I'm there four days a week. And right down the hallway is this place called Manrique Laser Vision Correction Center. It's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty well known place. Anyway, they do they do LASIK surgery there all the time. So I signed up. I have a health spending account, so I was going to be able to pay half of it just like with the card, and then just finance the rest. And so I went through the consultation, and they're like, "Yeah, we can get you, we can get it done next Thursday. It's no big deal." Um, but what they tell you is that they're going to give you it takes about an hour. The entire process, they give you a Valium at the fir- at the at the Ooh, start of it because they want okay. you calm, right? And then afterwards, just like cattle. And afterwards, you're pretty much floating on a cloud. Hell so yeah. um, there was a guy in the waiting room who had been waiting there for two hours because his ride didn't realize it was only going to be an hour. And when she came to get him, he was like he was like sitting there and he would like had those ugly sunglasses on, and he didn't even know she was in front of him. And then oh, he damn. walked out like he had no idea where the fuck he was. Holy like, shit. So, um, Poor guy. so I line up one of my brothers to go and pick me up after the thing. Um, and the day before he's like, look, I got called into a meeting. I can't make it. I'm like, shit, there's no one I can take. There's no one. There's everyone else is busy. Everyone's working. I should have called you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. But whatever. Here's what I did instead. So the day of, I drive myself there. It's going to be like at 930. You get there and they get you set up. Um, they do this numbing mixture in your eyes. Um, to, to you know to numb your eyes like your eyeballs yeah right um and <laughs> i have friends because i work down the hall we always talk to each other when we're walking like to and from chick-fil-a for lunch and stuff like that and one of the girls named frenchy she comes in she's like who's ready to party i've got your valium <laughs> nice. shut up frenchy nice. so she gives me the valium and i don't really feel it going i don't really feel it hitting but then they they lead you into this small like pre-room there's a lasik room and then you're in a you're in a darkened uh, waiting room waiting and the people are only in there you're only in there for about seven minutes that's how long the procedure takes damn it's very quick so you lay down on this chair and they've got this light thing it's very it's very alien abduction and you know he does it it's so fast but at that point you feel the volume because you're like i'm not even here right now <laughs> and you also feel like the eye your eyes are deadened because they suction your eyes for 20 seconds and then they stop and then he uses a laser wand and he's la- like first of all they put one of those forceps that holds your eye open <clears throat> oh my god and then you, they got laser. you can feel it laser you can kind of it's like an otherworldly experience you can kind of feel it 
and then it's done. The minute you get up off the table after seven minutes of being in that room, seven minutes in heaven. Oh my God. You get up and your vision is already getting better. Like you're almost at 20-20 the minute you get up. Holy shit. They're like, okay. And then they take you into the other room and they give you another Valium and they give you two Tylenol PM. I don't have a ride home. You fucking idiot. So the minute I take those, I'm like, start the fucking clock. So they give me the aftercare. I've got these drops that I have to do. I have to wear the sunglasses all day. They're like, you're going to have the best sleep of your life. Just go home. We'll call your ride. Go home. Rest. Take the, take the rest of the day. Just sleep. Start the fucking clock. I tell them, oh, my buddy from down the hall. I've got a, bu- I've got a friend at work who is basically you, but he's, nice. over, but he's for work. Martin. I said, oh, Martin's going to drive me home. So they let me walk out, and I just walk straight to the car, get in the car, and I drive, drive myself the fuck home before the drugs take effect. Oh, my God. I can God. see I'm fine. I'm awake. I made it. Obviously, I'm here. I didn't wreck the car. I didn't die. But I come home, and I, like, strip off my clothes. I get in bed, and I sleep from 1230 until 330. And I wake up for a second. My eyes are kind of, like, irritated. Um, I went to the bathroom. I kept my eyes closed. You know, I'm used to being blind. So I just went to the bathroom real quick, get back in bed, wake up at 5 o'clock, and my eyes are a little bit irritated. Um, and I'm still pretty groggy, but I go ahead and do some of the drops that they need me to do. And I get back in bed, and when I wake up at 7 o'clock at night, my vision is perfect. Damn. And I had nothing. And the re- the thing about it is like, okay, so this is 25 milligrams of Benadryl. Mm-hmm. I don't take a lot of, I don't take a lot of medication. If I took 25 milligrams of Benadryl, it would knock me on my ass for the rest I of the night. I believe it. Yeah. When I have to take a Benadryl, which isn't very often, I cut these things in half to take. Um, so taking two Valium and two Tylenol PM knocked me on my ass <laughs> you were done i was done there was nothing you could do i was the whole rest of the day for for real i woke up at seven and i stayed awake for maybe an hour and then i went back to sleep best sleep of my life just like what the doctor said anyway but my eyes are perfect now that. it's insane it's crazy that is beautiful it's wild man <laughs> that is great good for you yeah i you should not have driven myself vision eyes I never should have driven myself home but what no you that do? was a dumb that was a dumb idea I listeners at home I don't do fine. that don't do that you get a ride don't do that and the other thing was that it was an uber would have cost me like 54 dollars. My, my life's not worth 54 well i was fine if i had had a problem i would have stopped somewhere okay i i do believe that you would do that, that oh yes yeah. you feel a little bit better. i would have slept at you know wherever chewy's at 281, I would have gone to my brother's house. Can you imagine like, trying to sleep in your car in 110 I, I could have made it. You know, I was like, I can make it. I can make it. I'm fine. I can see. I can see. And I'm not falling asleep at the wheel. I'll be fine. That's, yeah. That's what's important. Anyway. And that you didn't die. My vision is correct now. Yeah. But good for you. That's fucking rad. I can't think of it. I mean, a lot of stuff has happened, but nothing really exciting has really happened since then and now. Uh, I've just been watching some movies. We've all been watching some movies. Yeah. We were, so I got a 15 minute clip before we started recording of me and Jake watching this movie called Haymaker. I wanted to like the movie. I saw a trailer for the movie. It was like a retired Muay Thai box, a boxer, um, hard on his luck becomes the, um, becomes the bodyguard for a trans woman. See where the relationship takes him. I'm like, maybe it's a love story unconventional yeah. unconventional love story it's not unconventional there's nothing unconventional yeah, about it it's a man and a woman and they skirted around having a plot 
They got real close to having a plot. Almost did the ding-dang thing. Almost made it. They got real close to the event horizon where they would have entered into a plot for this movie, and then they just bounced right off. Yeah. There was no plot to that movie. No, no, there was none at all. But when I tell you this fucking movie had a chokehold on the two of us, it went from like me eating and us just kind of like casually glancing at the screen to me and Jake both fully turned in our chairs looking at the fucking tv like shouting at these characters i wanted to know where it was going i was hoping that it would have more exposition there was it was never it was never it was never discussed or even even glanced upon why they couldn't be together yeah he just quits one day he just shows up at our hotel room's like pay me what you owe me except for yesterday and i quit and i quit and then it was like why why and then he why? just went to thailand why why are, why are you again? quitting it made no sense it didn't make any fucking Mm-mm. sense. But it fucking worked, man. Oh, it made us feel, I think, every emotion. Every emotion that I had. I have only three. I mean, yeah, we are we are tragically straight men, so unfortunately, I think you were right. I just don't under- I mean, it was just like, there was no- I mean, there was no obstacle as to why they couldn't be together. Yeah. There could have been, like, five or six different ones, but there was nothing. There was they nothing there. They didn't even touch on a thing. Mm-hmm. It was going really good, and then kind of out of nowhere, he was like, Mm-mm. "Oh, no. yeah." And then I was watching a Lifetime movie earlier today. It was fucking, so fucking of course you were. I'll tell you why I was stupid because I was reading like a Yahoo News thing, and it was like Lifetime has finally embraced body positivity, and oh, we're getting the first yeah. romance movie with a plus size woman. And so I read like five minutes of it, and I realized that one of the actors is an, is one of the guys from Virgin River. And oh, so I want to watch the movie, and I watch the movie, and the woman, the plus size woman in the movie, is. A normal-sized woman. <laughs> yeah, she's just not that big around. I'm like, this is the wrong message to be sending. Whatever. I'm glad that they made the movie. Who gives a shit? Virgin River came out. Season four came out, it's and I watched it. Happening. Oh, God, I love that movie. I love that show. I love I d- it. Virgin River. Forever. I really would have thought. I thought that this was like early 2000s. My mom and dad watch right it. Now. Oh my god. My one of my brothers watches it. Um, so we, we, uh, we get to talk about it all the time. The other two brothers are getting roped in eventually. They'll probably watch it. The girl that I'm dating watches it too. So we were all into it. Of course you were. For like that one week that it took me to watch the whole show. It's good shit. It's good shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. There was this, uh, the perfect line. I'll tell you why. The perfect line. This one guy is supposedly stabbed and he and his girlfriend, he's discharged from the hospital miraculously so quickly, you know, because it's a life, it's a Netflix yeah. show. And uh, and they're about to they're about to have sex and he's taking off his shirt and he's got like a bandage and she goes are you hurt and he says not enough to stop and I'm like oh okay hot Shit. fire down below Shit. baby okay <laughs> all right that's pretty good actually that's a good line okay everything else <laughs> about the episode was shit but that line hit me good that was all right fuck uh, yeah enough about go netflix like, just, getting horny with it no just watch virgin river you haven't watched virgin speaking river. of netflix things that you should watch that are not virgin river uh the sandman is fucking awesome it is awesome. it is so fucking good it's so good i was so nervous about it and it's just tickling my lizard brain uh also the new season of rick and morty is coming out like mm-hmm. really soon and mm-hmm. didn't know that was happening super jazzed about that mm-hmm. um what's the oh the other thing I'm wearing a Nicolas Cage shirt. Oh my god. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is a movie that we talked about episodes ago. Episodes ago. We were like, Nicolas Cage in a role he was born to play. He's going to play Nicolas Cage. 
That movie was so good. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm going to make that my project for tonight. It was so good. But instead, we watched Haymaker, which was a terrible movie. Yeah, watched the last fucking 45 minutes of Haymaker. I watched the whole movie, okay? I I invested my life in that movie. You did. I only got the last little bit of it. No, there was no no plot. The the main actor was also the director, the writer, and the editor. And it showed. Yeah, yeah, it was was terrible. I mean, good for him. He's made more of a movie than we have, so... I just can't really give him that much shit. But also, we could have made this movie better. We could have made I this will movie. say, very glad that it was in a progressive direction. And they didn't do anything that seemed insensitive to the trans actress. So, That's true. that was pretty nice. That was good I, to see. I do like that. There was there was a moment of... Because you would think it would have been like on the nose. Like, oh, this is this is what it's about. But it never got... Yeah, it they never, never made there. it a thing of like her being trans being an issue. Because so. it shouldn't be an issue. Exactly. Unless you're going to make a movie that's really conscientious about that. Yeah. And about people's stigma and bullshit like that. But but I don't think that... I think that this director was smart in that he knew he didn't have the ability to do that in an appropriate way. So he just didn't acknowledge it. So good for him. We wouldn't have watched that movie. No. <laughs> no. At least not left as happy as we did. <sighs> I don't think I'll ever watch it again. No. But, no. but it is if gonna... there was a sequel... It is going to live rent-free in my mind as to what we could have done to make it a better movie. Oh, absolutely. If we had Cinema Surgeons, that shit would be next Thousand next percent. Episode. Talking about Haymaker. God, fucking Haymaker. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, in case you haven't figured it out by now, this is a Paranormal and True Crime podcast. Is it? I have no idea what we're talking about. How long Who have knows? we been talking now? Uh, 17 and a half minutes. All right. Campbell, time, Campbell time stamp, 17 minutes, 30 seconds. So, here we are. We are back. We are fucking moving, fucking grooving. Um, what we have been doing for our little, I guess, half season. I want to say like season, what was that, four? Let's just call it a seasonette. Yeah, that's our seasonette. Um, was Jake would recite topics. I would react to them because I didn't have time to make topics. Mm-hmm. Well, I had time to make a topic. I know, I'm so excited. So, we're fucking going for we're it. We're back, baby. We're back. We're back. We are, are you back ready to for this? True, too scared to sleep. Bring the thunder. Bring that fucking hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. I'm ready. Are you ready? So jazzed about it, man. All right. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I would love to go first. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I'm going to actively listen. I'm so proud of you. We need them reactions for the camera. <laughs> I've got 10 minutes before I start falling asleep like an old man, so go. We'll fucking go for it. So. I'm drinking tea. <clears throat> Only God in heaven knows what he's done or the reasons for it. But he is still my son, and I will care for him and visit him. Only God I guess that's what they mean by a mother's love. That was said by Sally Bingenwald, the 68-year-old mother of murder suspect Richard Bingenwald, uh, and she had said that as local law enforcement raided her home, dug up her yard with backhoes, and found damning evidence solidifying the troubled man's position as suspect number one. Of course. April 20th, 1983. Daily News of New Jersey's headlines read, uh, Dig up two bodies linked to three others. After the search of the 68-year-old woman's home concluded finding the mutilated remains of two 17-year-old girls and an indication of three other murders. Jeez. We are talking about Richard Beganwald, the thrill killer of Jersey Shore. 
<laughs> the thrill killer of Jersey Shore. Yeah, sounds like a really interesting plot twist for the next season. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. no, instead it's upsetting. Um, one thing I really like about the story, which you're about to find out, is this motherfucker wastes no time. None at all. So, as so many are, can you guess what his father was like? Let's go with alcoholic father and a strict religious mother. So, physically abusive alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. Got that one right. Um, as far as I know, the mom was actually just a mom. Like a real woman. It's like the writers actually wanted to do something different with her this time. Okay. Um, so, he was born to Alfred and Sally Beganwald. I think I might have mispronounced that at the beginning. Whatever. Uh, at age five, Richard attempted to burn his family home down to the ground with his mother and father inside. I've said it before. Sometimes... Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta sometimes when you when when these things happen you gotta think to yourself i should probably drown this kid in the bathtub probably drown him in the bathtub right like, this is only gonna get worse it and boy did it i mean this could end up, this kid can end up being the next yeah yeah the next this guy this guy was his name alfred bingenwald richard bingenwald yeah, something like that yeah this so, guy could end up being the next kyle rittenhouse ugh. Mm, don't get me started. Speaking of people who should have been drowned in bathtubs when they were three years old. Yeah, no fucking kind of, along with most of the fucking politicians. <sighs> anyway. Worst thing about this this tattoo oh, is that I have to face. yes. I have to shave my chest to do it. And so now that's the word it's like, does it hurt? No. Does it itch? Yes. Like a from the hair growing back. Yeah. That's what itches. If it makes you feel better, I do have uh, the one on my leg and the one on my arm. Where hair is going to be growing back, so actually this one probably won't be an issue. But the one on my leg is tattoos. I'm so glad that this is working out for you because if you had to turn around and go to an office, no, you're you're past the point. With these and fucking this, no, I don't. I don't think we can do that anymore. He's past that. I think we've committed to the bit. Yeah, we have. Um, But that's fine with me. I'm fucking moving and grooving. I'm ready to go. I know you're a very good artist. Thank you. I hope so. Anyway, back to gross kid. Uh, five years old, tries to commit arson, is unsuccessful uh, in his attempt, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I guess. I don't know. We're on the fence. The mom seems okay, but I'm not a fan of the dad. No. Anyway, um, he was unsuccessful in his scheme, and after a visit to a doctor and a diagnosis of schizophrenia at five years old, mm. he was sent to a series of reform schools mm-hmm. and psychiatric care facilities yeah. uh, in between mixing in a bunch of uh, criminal activity and petty thefts. Um, each one of these psychiatric care facilities and reform schools did more and more damage to this kid. Because, of course, they did. And just, it seemed like every fucking year, he got worse and worse and more dangerous. And everybody was like, it'll probably come out in the wash. Um, he visits homes on, or he visits his home on the weekends and occasional holidays. Um, but this saw him continuing his dark passions. He tortured animals he stole from his parents, he mm. drank alcohol, smoked cigarettes, and attempted to break into homes all before he was 10 years old. All of this is from age 5 to age 10. Jesus Christ. Yeah, which prompted a, vi- a numerous series of visits to a couple psychiatric hospitals in uh, New York and New Jersey that tried to cure him of his darkness. 
This ended up leading to a total of 20 sessions of electroshock therapy on this 5 to 10 year old kid. My god. And of course, because it's fucking electroshock therapy, this was to no avail. Um, This led to him having some intense suicidal thoughts. Uh, Mm -hmm. When he was 11 years old, he Mm -hmm. tried to kill himself by setting himself on fire. It's too bad that didn't work. Kind of too bad it didn't work. Gonna be honest. Not super nice thing to say about an 11-year-old, but seeing where this kid goes. We know where this is headed, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. We can be mean. Oh, yeah. Um, so 10 years after he is initially admitted into the hospital, only four years after he tried to kill himself by self-immolation, um, he seemed to be actually on better behavior and was released back into the care of his now single mother who divorced abusive father, Albert or Alfred. It's about damn time. Exactly. But she divorces Richard's dad and moves her and her son into Staten Island to get him away from it, to get him into a normal high school, and to just try to restart their lives. Good for mom for trying, but it's, also... It's you and me, is, darling. It's you, gonna you be bad. You and me against the world. Ah, she's trying her best. She really is. Um, unfortunately, his attention was not held by the usual school curriculum. Uh, instead, his heart belonged to the art of the steel. By that, I mean uh, mostly Grand Theft Auto. Um, (laughs) Yeah, see, a man of mischief, mayhem, theft, robbery, and as I mentioned, Grand Theft Auto. uh, Almost immediately after his release into his mother's care. Didn't miss a fucking beat. Uh, So, he had this continuous trend of, like, thrill-seeking. That was his whole reason for doing all of it, was he just wanted the fucking thrill. Like, he would get kind of overwhelmed about shit and get angry, and then he would go, like, get the thrill and get all the emotions out and then chill out. Sounds like they should have just given him a skateboard. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Or, you know, a little... Maybe. I didn't say it, so that makes it okay. Um, It's on the list of things we can't make fun of. Or laugh about on the podcast. Mer, I didn't mean suicide. I meant somebody killing him. Somebody can kill the kid. I think that's fine. I thought that's what you meant. Okay. Anyway, um, let's see here. He continued his uh, habit of thrill-seeking and law-breaking until eventually, as with any thrill-seeker, junkie, general addict, uh, he needed something better, which he got on the night of December 18th, 1958. After stealing a car with his partner in crime, James Jimmy Sparnoft, um, the two 18-year-olds, carrying a sawed-off shotgun and a bag full of buckshot and slugs, went prowling in New Jersey until stumbling upon a deli, being manned by a 47-year-old Stephen Sladowski, who in his time off from being an assistant municipal attorney, manned the counter at the deli that he purchased for his wife only four months before this night. Assistant municipal attorney, my god. Uh, Richard stepped out of the car, leaving James inside the vehicle as his getaway driver. Richard stepped into the deli, and with only a few moments within the store, the gunshot echoed inside the building, followed by the sound of running footsteps and the shouting of Richard, who was scrambling back to the stolen car and yelling for his accomplice to get them out of there. The young men sped away, eventually abandoning the stolen car and returning to their homes on foot. So, the next day, uh, Richard calls Jimmy up, says, Hey man, we gotta get the fuck out of town for a little bit. Definitely just murdered a human being. Oh my God. 
Um, so the two men stole another car with the intention of leaving town with it. And while they were on the way to their journey, Jimmy, who was driving the car, ran a red light in front of a cop. So the mm-hmm. cop eventually pulled Pulls them over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cop steps up to the driver's side window and was greeted by a shotgun to the face. Uh, they shot at him and it cut into his cheek pretty bad. Um, so he just walks up, gets Baja blasted. <laughs> Baja be that blast. <laughs> Baja be that blast. Um, now this only really grazed his face, but it was enough force to kind of knock him on his ass. So he got up and he fired six shots back at the car, all of which missed the two young men who also shot back as the cop as they drove away. So one of them like Grand Theft Auto, the game hung out the window and like fired at the cop trying to fucking get him. Oh my God. Yeah, so the cop reported the vehicle to his dispatch um, before driving himself to a hospital. Um, this led to a state trooper finding the vehicle uh, as they were they weren't familiar with the area that they were in, so they got lost as they were moving. Of course um, they did. So they ended up on some like back road somewhere, and a state trooper found them. State trooper called ahead, got a fucking roadblock all set up, uh, and then chased the men down with the lights and sirens. Uh, the two men stopped the car, stepped out. And without hesitation, fired on the trooper, hitting him in the leg. Jesus. Yeah. So their um, the shotgun that they were using, and they had like a mix of the buckshot and slugs, and they loaded them alternately into the shotgun itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one would be buckshot and one would be slug, and like back and forth, mm. um, which was weird, but good for them, I guess. Um, but she hit the or he hit the state trooper in the leg. The officer fired back, hitting Richard in the face, um, <laughs> like kind of catching him in the cheek. Shot Marvin in the face. And um, when Richard got shot, this this part kind of reminded me of like the old cartoons. So he got shot in the face. He fell back, and when he fell back, he knocked the stolen car into gear, and it fell right down into a ditch. And they captured Richard and Jimmy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, in the chaos, Richard was apprehended and sent to the hospital to treat his cheek wound. Uh, then shortly after, the two men both openly admitted their crimes, including the murder committed by Richard, landing him a sentence of life in prison, mm. with Jimmy only getting 25 to 30 years. Now I know what you're thinking. That's not a lot of notes. He got life in prison. That's kind of boring. What makes this guy cool? He's telling me he Shawshanked his way out. Didn't even need to. Man murders someone, and then after only 17 years of his life sentence, he's out on parole. So by the time he's 35, he's released back home on good behavior. Oh my god. And is just, I mean, he's hes on parole, but he's like a free dude. So he gets released back into his mother's home. Um, now, he I will say, he does try for a little bit to get kind of like a normal life he gets like a job as a house painter he becomes um, a deacon at the church finds jesus <laughs> he's an auto repair worker so not quite he's the same probably thing. going to church um but it does seem like he's trying to live a somewhat normal life um but how normal can you really be when you're a 13 or i'm sorry a 35 year old felon and you start dating a 16-year-old honor student. Oh, come on. That's so that's fucking weird. that's not good, man. That's a bad look. No, that's a bad look. Yeah, so uh, Diane Marcellus was only 16 years old when she started dating a criminal man old enough to be her father. That's gross. And soon got addicted to drugs. 
Uh, she even started to steal them from her job. She worked at a pharmacy and she was like got caught stealing the fucking drugs. Um, to be fair though, Diane definitely had to have had a couple screws loose herself. I can't put this all on Richard. Um, because in 1977, Richard, who was in a long-term relationship with a 16-year-old girl, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, picked up a female hitchhiker, and after a few minutes of driving and talking, he pulled over and attempted to assault her. However, okay. uh, the woman was lucky enough to fight him off and escape, reporting him to the police. Now, he found out that there was an, uh, a warrant for his arrest out, so he just decided to flee the area and kind of lay low for a little bit. However, three years later, he was caught for this attempted rape and was arrested. And while he was on trial for attempted rape, he and Diane got married in the jail. Yeah. So, Richard, bad guy. Diane, not innocent in this. Um, I don't know. Maybe she was mind, like, fucking brainwashed or something, but that's just... It's it's bad. Nothing about this story is pleasant. No. Um, but... So, Richard gets caught. He's awaiting uh, trial, and he gets married. Man's on a fucking roll right now, because apparently after he got married in the jail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. his lawyer came up to him, and they started talking about the case okay. for, like, you know, the, the first time, I think. Um... And his lawyer mentioned that Richard had pretty unique hair. So, when they when the time came for the like the police lineup for the victim to point him out, yes, he showed up completely bald. Oh God! Yeah, his lawyer was basically like, "Hey, man, you know she's gonna identify you with your hair," and he was like, "Ah, shit, you're right." So he fucking shaved. They show up to the lineup. The girl can't figure out who it is. Um, I, apparently the, ch- the, uh, chief of police tried to get it like around it by having everyone wear like a hat and it didn't work. She couldn't identify him. So yeah, they had to drop the charges and he was a free man yet again, all because of a fucking haircut. This is wild. I know. So after this on the surface, he seemed to just kind of go back to normal, just live in a fucking normal life. Uh, Richard and his wife moved in together and um they invited one of diane's friends Teresa smith um mm-hmm. to live with them for a little bit while she got back on her feet um and things seemed to be going pretty okay until oh my god here we go 1981 we richard go. had reconnected with a friend from prison uh darren fitzgerald and when he started falling back into his old patterns um pretty much as soon as he started talking to darren again um, he started reportedly acting more and more bizarre, erratic, and dangerous. Then, fast forward two years, January 1983, mm-hmm. two young boys playing in the woods behind a fucking Burger King found the dead body of an 18-year-old Anna something. I don't remember how to pronounce her last name. Um, yeah, so two little kids playing behind a Burger King find a dead body dead body uh who had been shot in the head four times um this was a young woman who had gone missing from a trip on the boardwalk uh with her friend in august the year prior um she had been shot four times in the head and was abandoned in the woods by someone Mm, i'm not okay with this Mm -hmm. so 
this was two years after he had already like reconnected with this crazy dude. So they've been living on their own for a while. Um, now when the news of this broke in 1983, Teresa Smith heard this news and luckily her, she was moved out of their house and was staying with her boyfriend at the time. And his, her boyfriend's ex, uh, yeah, boyfriend's ex wife had some kind of connection with the legal, like a legal team. Right. Um, so Teresa was like, Hey man, uh, I know that Richard Bingenwald is the fucking killer. Uh, who do I need to talk to about this? So they set up a, uh, they got into contact with the ex-wife and then set up some mm-hmm. interview with the police mm-hmm. and shit. Um, she said that she knows Richard was the killer in this because she said that Richard would often take her in the woods and teach her to shoot his guns he would speak in increasingly creepy ways about how much he enjoyed shooting with the smaller caliber bullets because the bullets rattled around inside the skulls and how he wanted to teach Teresa how to kill and to become his protege. And he told her he tried to lure women to him at the pier and how the thrill of the hunt calmed him down. And she knew some of the activities that he and Fitzgerald did. So fucking get this. Richard and Darren Fitzgerald have been teaming up. They fucking, they fucking, I can't even think of the fucking word right now. They're like decking out his fucking basement, right? So they've got weapons. They've got numerous plans on murders they want to commit. They've got the materials to build bombs and some partially built bombs. And they have a venomous snake and a venom extractor kit along with bottles of snake venom why so apparently their plan was to start off by poisoning people at a mall at random so they would just go to a mall with the venom and start poisoning people just to see what would happen yeah and they were like openly talking about the or he was to Teresa because he wanted her to be his fucking protege but they were fucking unibombering their basement with the fucking snake venom and shit god yeah Um, And on the night of August 27th, the very night that Anna went missing, Richard had left the house incredibly angry because he got Teresa to bring over a co-worker with the intention of killing the co-worker, and Teresa said that she did not want to kill her co-worker. That's weird. Yeah, so fucking Richard threw a whole-ass fit about it and left, murdered Anna, dumped her in the woods... Uh, or no, murdered Anna and then came back or kidnapped Anna, came back home. It was like the middle of the night. He tried to wake up Teresa and tell her that he had a surprise for her. And she was like, whatever, I don't fucking care, dude. I'm tired and went back to bed. So he waited until the morning when she woke up and said he still had something that he wanted to show her in the basement. So she went down there and found that he had murdered Anna. Like she saw her dead body there. He, she was keeping her or he was keeping her alive so that they could kill him together and when she didn't want to wake up he was like all right fuck it i'll just go kill her myself oh my god and then he shows teresa the fucking dead body and then he goes and dumps it and she so she's like hey i guess now's probably a good time to say something about that yeah i would think so yeah so um this was in january that she um went up to them Uh, And explained everything. So what the cops did was they set up this fucking elaborate plan Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. go grab Richard. 
because they knew Richard and Fitzgerald were like hanging out together and they were obviously heavily armed. They didn't want just, you know, uniformed officers showing up. So they planned one of them to go basically undercover, looking like he was a stalker at these different houses. Okay. And they were going to have the uniformed officer go chase down the stalker um, who like they were going to do it at Richard's house. And if Richard came out, they were going to make the dude that was pretending to be a stalker, like address him like he knew him from prison or something to try to get him to like come out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And fucking guess what? It fucking worked. I was expecting this to go real bad. I didn't realize it was going to go. I didn't realize they were going to get it. No, they fucking got it. Some fucking how they managed to get Richard and Fitzgerald both out of the house to see what was going on when the other cops came and grabbed them. So they grabbed Fitzgerald first um, and like started questioning him first and had Richard too. Um, But Fitzgerald just fucking gave him up like nothing. Um, apparently Richard had murdered Fitzgerald's pet cat. So Fitzgerald was mad at him and was willing to tell the cops everything that he was doing. Don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with the cat. I love it. So he eventually led police to the dump sites of all of the victims that he knew about of Richard Mingenwald. Oh my God. Yes. So he led them to the dump sites of Betsy Bacon, a 17-year-old who had disappeared on November 20th, 1982. William J. Ward, a 34-year-old drug dealer who vanished in September of 1982. And the two young women that he had murdered and buried at his own mom's house. Jesus. Yeah, one of those being 17-year-old Maria Cialella, uh, who had been abducted on Halloween night in 1981. And Deborah Osborne, who was also 17 and had gone missing in April of 1982. Now, when they dug up these women, they found um, it was a shallow grave where both of them were put in. Mm -hmm. And each of the women had been cut up into like three different pieces and arranged in this grave and then relayed at his mom's house. Yeah. And she had his mom had no idea. The cops just showed up and swarmed her house and they brought all these backhoes and they started digging shit up. So she's getting totally caught off guard by this whole thing. And that quote at the very beginning is her talking to the news people as they're actively like digging her house up where she's like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing or why he's doing it, but I love him. I guess he's my son. I do feel bad for the mom. She does not deserve that. Sorry. I'd be like, I don't know this motherfucker. Yeah. Sorry, man. Crazy coincidence that we have the same last name. <clears throat> I've always um, known he was weird. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so after Fitzgerald had linked uh, his friend Richard to the murders, um, because <laughs> Richard killed his fucking cat, uh, Fitzgerald ended up becoming the key witness for the prosecution. Of course he did. Um, so they took it all to court, and on November 28th of 1983, um, Mingenwald's trial opened for the murder of Anna, one of the five people he was accused of killing. Um, that was the one that was found in the woods behind the mm-hmm, Burger King. Mm-hmm. Um, so the prosecutor maintained that the motive was simply that Mingenwald, quote, wanted to see someone die. Uh, and it was during this trial when they started finding more about his motivations. Um, that's when the media started like spinning it as the Jersey Shore thrill killer. Which admittedly is kind of a cool name. Um, But after five hours of deliberation and about six and a half hours of uh, 
determining, basically. Uh, they voted guilty, and uh, it was for the death sentence. Um, so they chose the sentence of death by lethal injection. Oof. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it was only... It was less than 12 hours of deliberation, uh, which still seems like a lot. But, yeah, they voted... Uh, for the death penalty, death by lethal injection, and in February of 1984, a second jury found him guilty of Ward's murder, but deadlocked on the question of a life or death sentence. Um, the judge ended up giving him life. So in September, he had pled guilty to the murders of Cielella and Osborne, the two that were at his mom's house, um, and got two additional 30-year prison terms. Um, now, Fitzgerald, who cooperated about this whole thing, he only got five years. So he's coming out pretty fucking good right now. I was about to say. Um, then the appeals started to come in. First of course Yeah, me and Wald. Um, so the first death, death sentence was overturned. But in January of 1989, a new jury again sentenced him to death. Um, and then the case became like a big point of controversy for the death penalty. And ended up making it into the Supreme Court. That was one of the ones that they used about pretty much any time they bring up death penalty shit mm. um but all this fucking back and forth and back and forth of like death penalty or not or whatever um didn't fucking matter it all just kept going so in august of 1991 the sentence was again overturned and um Beganwald was tucked away into new jersey state prison um this time he did stay there until he had died of natural causes at age 67 in uh, 2008 it was on march 10th but yeah so this i was kind of kind of shortened to the point but i don't know i just like that this dude like started at age five and just got worse from there it just never got any didn't, better it didn't fucking yeah no it, there was never a like a happy moment even when it was like oh he found love it was like yeah to a woman who could be his daughter like it's still very bad mm-hmm. But yeah, starts at age five trying to burn his house down and then dies at age 67 having murdered five people and probably done a lot of other horrendous, horrendous things. So there's that for you. God, I hope a, that was fun. That was a roller coaster. You're welcome. Very, very happy to be back in the saddle again. You brought it. You brought that heat. Thank you. Awesome. Brought that thunder. Brought that hail Satan. Hail Satan. Do we need to take a break or do can we just go? Uh, I don't give a shit. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So I got a true crime. This is one that I watched Excellent. on 2020 and then I got the research. It's all over the place. We're going to be talking about the Murdoch family murders. Murdoch. Let's say Murdoch because that's what I heard at a, on a regional uh, news article. Cool. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more that I love in the world than a story of white privilege. Ah, uh, Yes. I actually almost did a, a white privilege one. <laughs> For 87 years, the Murdoch family name came to represent a legal dynasty in oh. coastal South Carolina Ugh. where three successive generations controlled the local prosecutor's office. Oh, fuck off. Until it all came crashing down in murder and death. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah, bloody, bloody tragedies I'm all so over, excited. all I'm over the so place. Excited. Okay. So, like I said, three generations um, in the 20s. In 1920, um, let's see, 
Randolph Murdoch Sr. was elected to the 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office in um, in South Carolina. So that's basically a district attorney, right? Okay. He's over one, like five counties, one, two, three, four, five counties in this area. And he holds the position for 20 years until, he's de- until his death. His son, whose name was Randolph Buster Murdoch, Murdoch Jr., took over the position. And served until his retirement in 1986. So 46 years he's the solicitor. That's a long-ass time. That's a long-ass time. Murdoch's son, Randolph Murdoch III, was then elected in 1987 and served until the end of 2005. And Alex Murdoch is the son. So he's the fourth generation. Okay. All right? Um, Alex Murdoch grows up. He is a powerhouse within this South Carolina area. His family's super well off, super rich. He's one of the founding members and partners of a really big. Not only not only is he the prosecuting attorney and the solicitor, but he also has his own law firm on the side as well as a partner over there. Right? Hell yeah! Big stuff. Got two sons. Look like you know Brock Turner, serial rapists, oh. the type. Oh. A Karen of a wife. And they're just living their best life, right? Of course they are. Right. Okay. So in 2018, the strangest thing in the world happened. Lady by the name of Gloria Satterfield, who was a housekeeper for the Murdoch family, died in what was a trip and fall accident on like the outside steps of their house. Like she's bringing, you know, Lipton sweet tea down the steps and somehow <laughs> trips and falls and dies. Oh, just boy. like accidentally okay. dies. Cool. So the weirdest thing is, okay, she had spent more than two decades as a housekeeper and a nanny for the Murdoch family. So she's just like been a staple in this family. Yeah. Right? After she died, the Murdoch family actually went to her husband and said, you should get a lawyer and you should sue us for wrongful death. Because the insurance, because there's nothing that we can legally, you know, we want to help you. This is the easiest way to do it. Sue us for wrongful death. We have insurance. The insurance will pay out. Yeah. Right? Which is just the strangest thing. So he does. I mean, good for him, though. Like, that's that's tight as fuck of them to do. $500,000 wrongful death claim was filed against Alex Murdoff. Against, you know, on, on behalf of the on the behalf of the woman yeah who died wrongful death it's the strangest thing ever fuck yeah man all right so off to the, a good start this plays heavily into the end of the story oh no just hold on to that put a pin in that oh no hey things start going off the fucking rails in 2019 are you ready for this i'm fucking ready okay um <clears throat> on february 23rd 2019 uh which one of the young paul murdoch redhead little shithead of the family decides that he's going to invite a bunch of his friends um to go to uh they're going to get they're going to rent a boat they're going to get on daddy's boat and they're going to go off on a booze cruise they're all below they're all under the under the age of 18 of course they are you have to be under 18 to drink i'm too old i don't remember these things is it 21 it's 21 now okay i don't it hasn't been 18 i've never seen it be 18 i have no idea again See that's how far that's how far yeah. removed I am from this. Boy howdy. Boy howdy. You're old. I'm so old they don't they don't ID me anymore because they just assume that I'm an old ass man. I mean I don't get ID'd anymore either, which well, is because you look like an old ass I man. Too. I look like an old ass man. So weathered. Paul Murdoch, his friend Connor, his friend Anthony, 
Mallory, Morgan, Miley. Imagine this this group of people. They're all on this. They're all on this boat. They decide that they're going to go to Murdoch Island, which was a river river property owned by the family. And I do want my own island. They're going to go to a party, right? Um, earlier in that day, because they've got camera footage, they sh- they have surveillance footage at like a Seven Eleven where Paul uses his older brother, his name is Buster. Oh my God! Or not, you know, they call him Buster. Maybe it's his actual name. I don't fucking care. He uses his older brother's ID to buy liquor, and then you can see him. They got a truck, and the boat's on the trailer on the back of the truck, and they're loading up the cooler with beer. Right. Um. Around six thirty, they drink all fucking day. You know, just drinking, drinking, drinking. They're probably drinking Coors Light or some bullshit like that. Fucking natty lights. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just drinking. They're at the River House at about seven o'clock. Um, they ended up at a house party away from the. You know, they they take the boat from the Murdoch Island and they go to a house party and they're drinking even more there. When they get back onto the boat around midnight, Paul insists on driving to a bar in downtown Beaufort, South Carolina. One of these drive-up bars. Roll up, you know, in the boat. Oh, my God. So they do. He's riding the thing. So they've got GPS records show that the boat got tied up at the marina at the dock around 1245. And um, Paul and Connor, Paul Murdoch and his friend Connor, went to the waterfront bar and ordered two rounds of shots. Connor later testified that he used a fake ID to get in and said that Paul used his brother's ID as well. Surveillance video captures the two of them. Um, at the bar, taking the shots while the rest of the group remain outside. None of them want to drink anymore. They okay. know that it's a bad idea. Okay. The rest well, of the five or six of them are there. At least the other ones are being smart. It doesn't do them any good. Well, You'll see. About, about 1 o'clock, Paul and Connor rejoin their friends and head back to where the boat is docked. Now, the surveillance footage that you see from this, the camera footage that you see from this, shows that they're like talking amongst themselves about how he shouldn't be driving the boat anymore. You know? Yeah. Something is gonna go. Something is gonna go on. But he's belligerent with them. Um, you know, really, really heavily intoxicated. Classic privileged white. Yes, boy. and he's like, "Just get on the fucking boat. Let's go. Just get on the fuck. Stop being pussies and get on the fucking boat." Ugh. So they do. According to Miley, one of the girls, I didn't even bother getting the last names because who gives a shit? Who gives? You get you get to see exactly what they look like just by the first names. Some of the group started arguing with Paul after she says he started driving in circles and acting drunk on the boat. Miley told investigators that Anthony asked Paul to let him out at the nearby dock, but Paul refused. Morgan, one of the other ones, would later testify that Paul kept leaving the wheel to fight with her and said that Mallory was scared. Mallory's one of the girls on the on the boat. Um, investigators would later note the onboard Garmin GPS showed that the, 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 the speed of the boat just keeps getting worse. Oh no. It's just getting worse. What is this girl's name? Mallory, Mallory beach. Okay. Keep that in mind. Um, at about two twenty AM they're driving there. He's, he's going as fast as he's going really fast underneath this bridge and they've got those posts that stick out oh i don't like this i know they hit one of these things full fucking speed they hit it with the side of the thing mallory beach was ejected from the boat into the dark into the water everybody else gets hurt they're all jarred around connor calls 911 and begs for help First responders get into the get into the water. They 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 park the they park the boat somewhere else. The Beaufort County Sheriff deputy named Stephen Domino was one of the first responders. They've got 
dash cam video. They've got body cam video. It's crazy. Everybody's super distressed. Everybody's crying. People are hurt. Paul Murdoch is sitting there. And everybody agrees that this is the guy, you know, the, the thing is wrecked. Uh, we'll post some foot. We'll post some video, some photos on our Instagram of the boat. Fuck yeah, I found, please do. I found photos of the boat and there's blood in the boat. Oh, shit. Somebody got like hurt with their jaw. Someone broke their arm. All this other stuff. They don't ever move to arrest Paul. They don't put him in cuffs. One of the sheriff's deputies lets him call his daddy on his phone. On his, the sheriff deputy gives him his cell phone and says, here, you better call your daddy. Are you fucking kidding Because me? they knew who the fuck he was. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. When Paul Murdoch walked up from the boat, fuck. Domino says Anthony grew agitated. He actually tried to rush through me to get to Paul. So Anthony, one of the kids on the boat, tries to get to Paul um, because Paul was smiling. Oh, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. God. Mallory and, and her boyfriend, Anthony, wanted to stay behind to look for... Uh, look for wait, yeah, Miley. Uh, no, Mallory's boyfriend Anthony refused to get into the, get into the ambulance because he still wanted to know where Mallory was. Yeah, Mallory she got Beach. fucking mm-hmm. launched. Connor had a broken jaw. Morgan's hand was badly injured. Hospital staff report that Paul Murdoch is uncooperative and belligerent with them too. Medical staff drew Paul's blood sour several hours after the crash, and his blood alcohol content was point two four. For those of you keeping score at home, 0.08 is intoxicated. 0.24 hours after. Damn. This guy is blackout drunk. <laughs> Tore up from the floor up, as yes. my father would say. Tore up from the floor up. Hospital staff also told investigators that they observed Paul's father, Alex Murdoch, going from room to room att- attempting to speak with the other survivors. trying to say let's make sure we get our story straight trying to influence what they were going to tell the police oh my god so as soon as paul gets a phone from one of the fucking deputies they never arrest him they never put him in the back of the car they just let him sit there on the phone talking to his dad i'm gonna lose my marbles as soon as they get to the hospital alex is there trying to talk to all of the other kids trying to get their story straight White privilege. Mm-hmm. Rich yep, white yep, 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 privilege. Yep, yep. A security guard at the uh, at the hospital also reported that he heard, overheard Paul on the phone saying, She's gone. Don't worry. She's gone. What? As if what? like they're trying to make sure that everybody's story is straight. It's like, what happens if Mallory shows up? She's gone. Don't worry. I hate that. So for three days, they look for Mallory Beach. Of course, you know how it is. We're just praying to God that it'll happen. Like, look, guys. Yeah. I'm not sure you've noticed, but God's not really taking an active role in anything going on right now in this world. Not in this multiverse. Not in this multiverse. He's just not here, guys. Come on, fellas. He's not. So they're using rescue boats, search and rescue, divers, helicopters. They spend eight days looking for, for, for Mallory in total. On March 3rd of 2019, two volunteers found Mallory's body about five miles down the river from the crash scene. At about, and a month later, after that crash, Mallory's family filed a wrongful death suit against the members of the Murdoch family, allowing them and, uh, you know, wanted to depose all of the survivors to try to get the story straight. Mm-hmm. And they're going to wrongful death. And here it comes. Um, on April 18th, on what would have been Mallory's 20th birthday, Paul Murdoch was in, 
indicted and charged with three felony counts of boating under the influence, including causing the death of Mallory Beach and seriously injuring two other passengers. Paul pled not guilty to all the charges and was on bond waiting for trial. Gets to go home. Of course. Because of course he does. You know? It's horrible. Horrible. Crimes are only crimes if you're poor. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A too scared to sleep TSA. So that's hanging over Paul Murdoch at the moment, right? Mm. That thing. That happened in April. In June of 2021, just last year, Alex Murdoch, the dad, calls 911. He calls 911 frantic, panicking, crying, distressed. I'm so excited. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited. He reports that his wife, Margaret, and his son, Paul, had been shot dead outside their house. Okay. 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 911, you can hear it on YouTube. Are they breathing? What's going on? I don't know. They're not breathing. They're not breathing. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know. They're just, they're just, they've been shot. Please send, please send help. Please send help. Someone shot his family dead. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. So June 15th, a week later, state law enforcement releases basic information about the killings. Uh, you know, they start collecting evidence. The investigation goes. Alex Murdoch's brothers right the, the dads john marvin murdoch and randy murdoch spoke to good morning america about these two killings they say that alex called them distraught with the news that his wife and son had been shot they did not believe that his that their that their brother was involved that's on june 17th okay on the 22nd of the same month the state law enforcement division reopens an investigation into the death of 19-year-old Stephen Smith, whose body was found on the road in 2015 in Hampton County. The agency says the probe is being reopened because based on information gathered while investigating the death of Maggie and Paul Murdoch, they feel like something's going on. This random boy was walking down the street, walking walking home down this county road, and somebody just drove up behind him and shot him in the fucking head. Holy shit. What the fuck? Yeah. And so now they want to know maybe this maybe it's linked. It's so fucking weird. Right? So Alex Murdoch and his other son Buster, oh, Buster. announce in late June that they want uh, that they have a one hundred thousand dollar reward for information leading to conviction of the person or persons responsible for the killings of Maggie and Paul. I'm sorry. The the random guy that they thought he wasn't shot in the head. He was someone ran him over. Oh, okay. It was like a hit and run. But oh, there okay. weren't any tire tracks like screeching tire tracks. So like somebody like full blast hit him and hit just him. kept going. Hit him. Fuck. Knocked him out of his fucking shoes and hit him. Okay. Oh, that fucking reminds me real quick sidebar. Go ahead. I was driving back home today after I got like my truck inspected and I fucking exploded a bird. Like I did not intend to. There was no bird there a second ago, and then it like flew down in front of my truck really quickly, and then I just saw feathers, and I was like, "Oh, never gonna get a girlfriend unless fuck. you learn how to be a gentle runner, G- gentle lover." What you said? You exploded a bird. Yeah. We need to cut that out. It's horrible. Nope, that's staying in. You're the one who exploded a bird. I mean, I didn't intentionally explode a learn bird. Learn how to control yourself. I will control nothing. You sick fuck. Fuck you. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Anyway. Okay. Um, Sorry, bird. Let's see here. Okay, so August 11th, um, the current solicitor for 
South Carolina, the attorney writes right for the same for the same area in South Carolina, mm. recuses himself from the Murdoch death investigations because of a conflict of interest because there's too many people who know him and, and yeah. know him in the area. On September thirty September third, the strangest thing in the world happens. Alex Murdoch resigns from the law firm where he's a partner. Okay. Um, Weird. Choice. And then the next day, Murdoch calls nine one one and says, "I was driving down the road, and I had a flat tire. I was ch- I was in the middle of changing the tire, and a car came up. I'm not sure who it was. Car came up behind me. Guy asked me if I needed any help. As I was turning to say no, he shot me in the back of the head. Oh shit! I'm hurt. I'm bleeding. I need to go to the hospital. So nine one one gets the dispatch call." They send in, they send uh, a ambulance and he goes to the hospital with a shot in the head. Weirdest thing ever, right? Yeah. Um, the medical staff say that it's a superficial gunshot wound. Okay. Murdoch releases a statement through his own attorney, through his personal attorney, saying that he's resigning uh, from the law firm and that he's entering rehab. The law firm. The law firm says that he's resigned. That after the discovery that by PM by the law firm that Alex misappropriated funds in violation of our standards and policies, we are we are severing our ties with him, right? Okay. Okay. So two different. He's saying that he's going to do it for family purposes, and I've got to go go to rehab. They're saying he misappropriated funds, but something's going on. His law law license is suspended until further notice. Right. Oof. On September 10th, which is just just less than a week before he went to the hospital for this shot to his head, superficial gunshot wound, mm-hmm. the family spokesman issues a statement that says that um, after the shooting, Alex had an entry and exit wound, his skull was fractured, and it was not a self-inflicted bullet wound, but that somebody tried to kill him. Okay. Paul pulled over. Alex pulled over after seeing a low tire indicator. A male driver in a blue pickup asked him if he had a car trouble, and as soon as Alex replied no, he was shot. That's what they said. Um, on the, on the tenth of September, September thirteenth, the state law enforcement division releases a statement announcing it has opened up an investigation into Alex Murdoch, based upon allegations that he misappropriated funds in connection to his position at his former law firm. The court documents that were released the next day. Um, reveal. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. That Alex Murdoch had gotten in touch with a former client of his, a criminal client of his, and arranged to have the client kill him so that his son Buster could collect the insurance money off of his death. Oh my god! Oh my god! So he paid somebody to kill him, and they fucking botched it. Okay. Exactly. It's, I, I mean, good for him, I guess. But like, no, there is no weird. way that I feel like I could, like, I don't know. I don't want to be a father, but like, I, so maybe I'm biased. Why, okay, but like, so, I can't imagine telling somebody to murder me so my kid can have money. I don't know. I don't it's know the about strangest that thing. First, first off, Paul. Paul, your son Paul, kills somebody in a boating accident. Yeah, as one does. And he's facing wrongful death suit, death charges. Mm-hmm. Then somebody kills Paul and his mom, your yeah. wife. You're misappropriating funds yeah. from your law firm, so you resign. 
Say you're going into rehab, and all this time somehow you arrange for somebody to kill you? So that your son can get the insurance? So that Buster can get the insurance money? That does not sound like... So wild. That does not sound like a real thing. This sounds like the plot of a fucking CW show right now. It's, it's like three plots, and you pulled parts of it from each part. This is insane. Damn. This is insane. It's like you watched one episode of Virgin River, then you watched one episode of Ozark, and then you watched one episode of... Bur- oh, not Burn Notice, but the other one. doesn't matter. Listen, some USA melodrama com- crime show, and you mixed them all together and made one story. This is insane. This is too much. This is too much happening. Right Bloodline. Now. That's the one I was. So with one way, it was the one with Kyle Chandler. Anyway, it's insane. Um, let's see. So Curtis Edward Smith was the former client of Alex Murdoch. They had charged him with assisted suicide, assault and battery of a high and aggravated nature, pointing and presenting a firearm, insurance fraud, and conspiracy to commit insurance fraud. Okay. And so then the state law enforcement division uh, is opening a criminal investigation into the 2018 death of Gloria Satterfield, the former housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Do you remember her? Yeah. 500000 insurance payoff? Yeah. The money never made it to the husband. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Plays heavily into the end of the story. Oh, my you. God. You were actually right. All that money that they said, you should sue us because we'll be yeah. able to, you're to pay out. Never made it to the husband. What? They just didn't give it to him? No. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? The plot keeps fucking thickening, man. The plot keeps fucking... This thing just keeps coming and coming. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) A bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) All right. So... Then, September 16th, Alex Murdoch is finally arrested in connection to the insurance fraud scheme... Court documents say that Murdoch arranged for his own killing so that his surviving son, Buster, could collect the life insurance payout. On uh, September 22nd, a survivor of the 2019 boat crash involving Paul files a lawsuit against the former attorney, claiming Murdoch attempted to orchestrate a campaign to falsely blame Connor Cook for the boating crash that left one person dead. Damn. Right. Cold So Cook files a lawsuit. Um saying that Alex should have known that Paul had alcohol issues and should not have allowed him to use his boat. The lawsuit also claims that Alex was negligent in his actions, that he intentionally inflicted emotional distress on Cook. They pressured him yeah. to try to change his story. Right? Um, the law firm sends out a statement that says that Alex lied and stole from us. We were shocked and dismayed that Alex had violated our principles and code of ethics. He lied and he stole from us they said no member of the uh, oh here's the other thing when they finally arraign alex murdoch he tried the the lawyer says that he is been dealing with like a 20 year opioid addiction oh shit okay and that's why all of this is spiraled out of control uh-huh mm-hmm. okay yeah lots and lots of questions the children of gloria satterfield the housekeeper um, file a motion for Alex Murdoch's arrest and detention until the money he allegedly embezzled from her estate is returned. Al- after Sutterfield died, a $500,000 wrongful death was, cl- was filed against the Murdoch family. The estate has not received any of the money owed as a result of the settlement. None of it. Damn. So they want him jailed until he can come up with that. 
the law firm in October of last year decides his his old law firm it announces that it's suing Alex Murdoch to recover funds it alleges he stole from clients for his own personal use. This man is getting it from every fucking side, isn't Everything. he? Everything. It just fell apart. I mean, it was Everything. just like, it was hanging on by a thread and it just started to unravel. God, I bet he really wishes that dude had succeeded in killing him. Mm-hmm. So Alex goes to drug rehab. After being released in October, he's arrested in Orlando, Florida for suspicion of misappropriating settlement funds. He's charged with two felony counts of attaining property, property by false pretenses. He waives an extradition hearing in Florida, according to the Orange County Correction Office, and returns to South Carolina a day later to face charges relating to the misappropriation and settlement of the funds. On October 16th, my birthday, a pair of affidavits are released that allege Alex Murdoch coordinated with the family of Glory Satterfield, his former housekeeper, to sue himself for insurance money that he then pocketed for himself. Dang. Which we knew. Um, the judge denies Alex Murdoch's bond and orders him to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. So he's stuck in prison. Hell yeah. On October 22nd, the state police release an audio recording of the 911 calls. There's also, um, release, you know, any, any call that they make from inside prison is recorded Mm -hmm. and becomes property. Yeah. And they've got him talking about all the illegal things that he's been that fucking idiot did it on in. the prison phones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my fucking god! He keeps getting his his bond denied. As of November tenth of last year, he won the the judge denies him, um, denies his bond. So he's still in prison. Uh, let's see. It just keeps going on. His these he's been issued five indictments with a total of twenty seven charges so far. It is just insane. It just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> This fucking guy cannot catch a break. Mm -hmm. On January of this year, he was charged with 23 more crimes. Oh, shit. These fresh indictments allege that Murdoch stole more than 2.2 million meant for four clients. Just never gave him the money. How does that even happen? How? With that much money? Millions of dollars? As as recently as July of July fourteenth, which is just a month ago, Alex Murdoch was indicted on two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime in connection with the twenty twenty one killing of his wife and son. What? I waited till the end to tell you that. Oh shit. Now they're saying that he killed his wife and son. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. For what purpose? Because the whole thing was unraveling. But he wanted Daddy, to... if you can't get me off of this, I'm going to let them know. Oh, shit. This thing just, like, just, just fell apart, the man. The fucking yarn ball. Yes. Damn. That was a twist and turn, wasn't it? Fuck, man. It I feel like you just took me on a David Lynch adventure. Oh, I did. Damn. Yeah. So is he is he charged with the murder of his wife and kid? Still in prison as far as I know, waiting for trial. Just waiting for like trial. Like 17 different trials here. Damn. He's going to be going to court for the next 10 years on this I shit. Mean, at least and they're gonna never going to get the money. No. I mean, maybe if he's got money hanging up, but Buster better Buster better learn how to be a you know, better learn some computer programming cuz 
He ain't getting shit from Man's his daddy. Man's a marketable skill right now. I better, yeah, he better have some transferable skills because... Whew, buddy, you are not doing so hot. Mm-mm. He's not going to have anything left. That's, I mean, he's probably no saint, but that does... They're going to repo the family dog to pay for all oh of this shit. Because Alex Murdoch owes everybody. That's got to kind of suck, though, for, like, the kids part of it. Because, like, he didn't do anything wrong as far as I know. At least that we know of, but well, like, they're his... saying. I mean, I mean, Connor, what's his name, was saying that his dad had to have known he had a drinking problem. This was not the first time. Well, not, not this is Paul. not the first time that Paul about... Murdoch no, I'm, I'm drank too much the... with his with his brother's ID and you know acted like a total asshole. No, I'm talking about the kid with the the fucking hick name. Buster. Buster. Yeah. Oh, Buster. Because like his the dad, older, the older brother. Yeah, his dad was like, "Well, Buster needs some money, so I'll try to give him some money." And then all of a sudden, your dad's entire life falls apart, and he's in prison now. Like, and now you have to like deal with life changing consequences for some weird shit your dad did. Like that does that that would fucking suck. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. That was like a fucking CW drama. This thing just fell apart. At every turn, it fell apart. It did not let up. No, it didn't. Good lord. What an exciting life some people have. I know, right? I am fucking boring. That's not the kind of excitement that we need. I mean, no, we don't want that kind of excitement. Absolutely not. But like, you know, sometimes I think maybe I could be more fun. Maybe I could maybe I could do more. Maybe I could kill somebody every now and then or go on a boat. Did you really just say that? I'm sorry, what? No, I I've always wanted to go on a boat. Just stop. I don't know what he's making. Disgusting. You and your stories. Oh, shush. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Bamboozled me. I know. I got bean boozled. I told you it was crazy. I liked that. Hell yeah. Yeah, it feels fucking good to be back. I told you, man. That's all I got because there ain't no more. Ain't no more. We done dang did the ding dang thing. We did the did dang thing. Did the ding dang thing. We need to consistently do this from now on, Dylan. That is something that we need to do. Get a topic ready. Mm-hmm. Come over on Monday when you have time off. Mm-hmm. We'll record an episode. Mm-hmm. I promise not to watch a. I promise not to start a. Sh- I can't promise that I'm not going to start not, a. No, don't, movie. don't even bother promising. Movie, but at least it wasn't Blade Runner 2049 because we'd still be watching that. We right would now. still be watching that. But you know what? I would be less heated. At least Blade Runner 2049 has a plot. I've seen things. You wouldn't believe. Anyway. Fuck, I love Blade Runner. I know. God, haven't you guys missed this hearing about how much we love Blade Runner? It's such a good movie. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> so good. Don't even start with me, okay? You know what movie I watched? No, it's fucking great. We're just going to keep going. Uh, my One of my nephews was watching Willow, uh, the original Willow, directed oh, by Ron shit. Howard. Yeah. Dude. Uh, Warwick Davis was only 19 when that movie came out. Really? He was only like 15 when Return of the Jedi came out. Really? And and he played Wicket. Yeah. The Ewok. But he's only 19 in that movie. Damn. I didn't realize he they're was... they're coming out with an original series. They're going to come out with an original series on Disney Plus of Willow. Oh, shit. With Warwick Davis back in the... Back really? reprising, reprising his role. Fuck yeah, dude. Directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Ron Howard's Ron daughter. Howard's daughter. Who Fuck turns yeah, out man. she's a respectable director. Because she directed episodes of The Mandalorian and yeah. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I actually haven't watched Book of Boba Fett yet. Do you still have Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. Cause Which is the same as us having Disney Plus. Yeah, well, you gave me your login and I tried to log in with it and it said that you didn't have an account. 
Maybe I'll, I'll figure it out. I mean, we do. Okay. I probably didn't give you the right one. Might not have. Because, yeah, I, I haven't seen Obi-Wan either. And I really want to see Obi-Wan. I'll say Obi-Wan was a masterpiece, and I'm not ashamed to say that I ugly cried through every minute of the finale of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I need to feel it those was emotions. so good. I was just, like, emotionally drained at the end of Obi-Wan because it just, it took, it took us everywhere that that episode needed, that that series needed to go. It was redemption for what the, the prequel trilogy was. I need the login. I need okay, to. I'll be, get you the I login. Need, I'll try I need to, to feel these emotions. Logins. I'll have to. I'll have to remember it is, which one it is. <sighs> I just need to feel something. Yeah, we still have. I still have Disney. I pay too much for streaming things on here. I have so much, and I still watch the same five movies over and over again. <laughs> as long as Tenet. you got access to your fucking Virgin Tenet. River. Uh, what is it called? Not Vertigo. Oh shit! Tenant Inception, <laughs> Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Dune. On repeat. The it's, same five movies. Why do I need all these streaming services when I watch the same five movies over and over again? That's, yeah. And most of those I own. Yeah. You're not even paying for I know. We have them on Vudu. Literally right there. I know. I know. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Enough about that. Oh, well. Oh, the other thing. Have you you've seen Nope? No, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it was fucking good. I meant to go see it. I just got busy. Well, I'll see it sometime. Yeah, it was fucking good. You definitely should watch it. I'll go see, watch maybe, Nope. Yeah, maybe I'll see it at the end of the week or something. Fuck yeah. My son says that he wants to go see it, but we'll see. Eh. Go watch it by yourself. Stop. No. Be cool. No. You know what? Boomer, that little shithead. 3.15 in the morning. Scratching at the door to go out. He, he scratches the door because he wants to come out here. And all he wants to do is get a couple of bites of food. And then come back into the room. Fucking asshole. I don't, I'm like, what the hell is going on with you? But he, I open the door and I've got 20-20 vision now. I open the door and he just stands there and won't leave the room. And it gets real low, puts his tail in like, what's out there? Is it a shadow demon? What's going on? And you're going to be able to see it now with your fucking laser vision. And so, I, and so I turn into dad. I don't actually get scared as much as you think I do. I got. I was like, I don't have time for this bullshit. I went to the bathroom. And I'm like, I don't care what's out here. There's nothing physically out here. I need to go to bed. I need to work tomorrow. You shadow demons and whoever else in the house... I ain't got time for you. Go bother someone else. Go bother the schizophrenic who lives down the street somewhere. Okay? <laughs> I don't have time for this. I don't. Anybody got time for that? And so they left. They and left. So they fucking left. They're like, he obviously doesn't have time for our bullshit. Man's got his shit together. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do, boss. I don't. I'm like, do you want to pay the bills here? Don't turn on these lights. Go away. <laughs> Slamming cabinet doors. Like I don't have time for this place. right now. I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-mm. You don't have permission to haunt my house. You don't pay the fucking rent. Fucking go. Unless you're helping me with the bills, I don't need you here. I don't go fucking s- possess the landlord. I know, supernatural or not, I don't need you in this place. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> That's my actual attitude when anything paranormal happens in my house. And it's pretty like, funny. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Whatever. If I die, I die. I'm not going to die. There wasn't anything physically in the house. One of these days you're gonna say that, but I'm, stop. I'm gonna no. I'm I'm gonna go to Spirit Halloween. I'm gonna buy one of those black full body suits with like the extra long fingers, and I'm just gonna fucking crouch. I'm gonna crouch and I'm gonna fucking perch and wait. Dylan, Dylan, that's the worst thing you could do in this house. 
<laughs> for like, lots of reasons. I have a key to your home. For lots of reasons. That's why I deadbolted, because you don't have a key to the deadbolt. <laughs> That's fair. Dylan, don't do that. <laughs> Dylan, there's so many ways that that could go wrong. Get the Either I'm going to have a heart... Why are we talking about this? Either I'm going to have a heart attack, too. or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to pull a knife. If I get stabbed, honestly, it's worth it. Dylan, it's do not it do that, bit. Dylan. A little, it'd be a little bit funny. Don't do it, Dylan. Uh, a bad a Go, idea, Dylan. GoPro on my head. It's a bad idea. On a fucking Patreon. I'd be, I feel so bad if I murdered you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Honestly, your I would, dad would be so mad. It would. I would die a warrior's your mom would death. Break, so. It would break your mother's heart. It would break your mother's heart. Yeah, but it'd be fun. It would break your mother's heart. Yeah, but can you imagine how funny that story would be? No, it wouldn't be funny for me. It'd be funny for you. Yeah, I can't believe we're talking about this. Okay. It's one of those things we shouldn't be talking about. All right, we're done. Listen, we'll be back next week with another episode. I promise. I'll make Dylan. I'll hold him accountable this time. We'll do it. I promise. I'm sorry, but we're back. I don't know where I we love went. you. We really need to edit the last five minutes out. No, that was fucking weird. Nope. Please don't add. Oh, I don't. I'm not. It's if it was just the audio, yes. But I'm doing audio and video. I regret that I even gave you a key to this house. You think that I'm fucking? You think that I'm fucking editing this shit? No, we're fucking doing it live. If you oh fuck God. up, that's on you. You got to be better. All right. All right, guys. That's it for us. That's We're it. done. I'm done. I'm sorry. My skin is crawling now because I can't. Ugh, I can't even. I can't even deal with you right now. Stop it. That would be a horrible thing for you to do for lots of different reasons. You're gonna scare the shit out of me, or I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. It's not gonna go it'll, well. It'll it's not funny. gonna be as funny as you think it is. Funny. It's not. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. No. No, it's all right. fine. It's We're fine. all done. Everything's we gotta fine. go. Thank you so much for listening. We're hope hopefully. You know, hopefully you're still here. Share it with everybody else. Let them know that we're back. Okay? We're back. From Dylan, my co-host, my name is Jake, and we hope we've left you too scared to sleep.